You're listening to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. Youth ministry isn't easy, and you don't have much time. That's why this is a car ride's worth of content to help you reimagine, revive, and rebuild youth ministry. Hey everyone, welcome to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. I'm Allie, your host, and I'm joined by Kelly and Daniel. We all work together at Church of the Nativity in Timonium, Maryland, in our student ministry department. As I said in episode one, we know you're busy, so we're going to get right into it today and jump in to give you a car ride's worth of content for your student ministry. So hi, guys. How's it going, Allie? It's great. How are you? Hi, Allie. Hi. What are you guys loving? Tell me. I want to know. I am loving that my teenage son is driving because I don't have to drive him everywhere. And I have a younger son and he can drive him. So Mm. while it's terrifying, (laughs) I am loving it. That's awesome. Aren't you saying that it's kind of like the end of an era when... It's very much so Just don't get as much car time with your kids. I mean, when you have boys, I have two boys. And so when you have boys, that's the most quality time that you have with them, like the best conversations you have are when you're not like eye to eye, like sitting eye to eye talking. And so car time is good time. And so it is kind of the end of an error that I don't like have to drive them around all the time. It's a little sad. Thanks for bringing that up. I, yeah, I was sorry. loving it. <laughs> sort of love, hate That's it. Okay. Yeah, it's a- you know, uh, Father Michael said to me, it'd be more sad if he wasn't doing this. And he's right. This is how it's supposed to happen. That's true. He's grown up. Yeah. He's grown up. Well, I love fireflies or lightning bugs, depending on which region of the country you're from. I never saw them until I moved out here. And what? Really? I know. It's weird. They're not in the Western United States. I had no idea. So I never seen them. I never traveled in the South or anything. And they're just magical at night. And oh it's, my gosh. Yeah, I can't believe you've never that, seen them. They're called gosh. lightning bugs here. Yes. Okay. Lightning bugs it is. Okay. That's awesome. I am loving this book I'm reading, Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis. I'm really sorry, Daniel, but if you couldn't tell by the title, it's definitely geared (laughs) towards women. But it's just an awesome book. She's really authentic and real and just so rooted in her faith and talks about all the lies women tell themselves and just shatters them for you each chapter. Mm. So it's an awesome read. Did I give you that book? You did give me that book. Thank you. See, look, I'm loving it. Awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, last week we talked about our favorite principle in student ministry, which is to lead small. And we believe that small group is where teens get connected with one another, with a caring adult, and with God, all in a safe environment. Just as a little refresher, those five lead small principles we told you were to be present, to create a safe space, to take care of your personal faith and health, to partner with parents, and to mobilize teens in ministry. So today we'll be diving into principle number one, which is to be present. What does it really mean, though, to be present when you're leading small? Well, Allie, it's as simple as just showing up. So week to week, you got to be there physically and make sure that you are there mentally and emotionally because it's so easy to, um, to just kind of say, well, I could miss a week here or there, but it means so much, especially as a leader, if you are there every week modeling that for your students, students can be inconsistent, inconsistent themselves. And so when we are looking for leaders, we want leaders who are going to make that weekly commitment and it's asking a lot. We want our leaders to do more probably than they do in almost any other ministry in our church because it's that weekly commitment. And it's even beyond 
the program time. It's the time that they are investing in their teens throughout the week as well, sending them a text message or knowing that, oh yeah, they've got the test. We have this teen right now that is taking a driver's test almost as we're speaking. He's getting ready for it. And so we promised him that we would pray for him. So it's those sort of little things that it means to, to really show up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's levels to it too. I think we talk about here a lot, you know, there is the weekly program that we ask you to attend and be there for whether or not you're having all of your students show up, but then there's even more to it that you can give. Yeah, definitely. There's all these different events that are, are throughout the week and, um, you know, you can't go to everything. Um, a lot of our leaders are parents. They are, um, people with busy lives. Um, and so when we ask them to make other commitments other than just coming to our program every week, they really have to pick a couple of times during the year when they can maximize um, their exposure to teens outside of our meeting time. So that means, Kelly, you were just talking about going to a track meet. Yeah. I mean, you can you can like strategically choose events where you're going to see a lot of students. <laughs> so like we know that we have a lot of students that go to this one high school and a track meet or a cross cut like a big invitational cross country meet i went to one time my kid was running so i wasn't like going to see students but i saw like 40 students it was so great and they think you're all there to see them like oh <laughs> hi miss kelly thanks for hey, coming miss kelly. yeah hey miss kelly um so i mean it was great it was great fun it was great fun to cheer them on if i you know could if i saw them running and so, and I just think it, it means a ton to them because then you can ask them about it when you see them again. It's just a point of connection. You know, when I saw those same kids at program the next week, I could ask them how they did and when's their next meet. And so it's just a great point of connection and it is asking a lot, but um, it's really worth it. And then you can find those times where it doesn't disrupt your life all that much. I mean, lucky for you, you had a son running, right. but you find, and if you even just do it once throughout the year, throughout the semester, I mean, they remember it. It yeah. means so much to but them. But there's other ways to show up randomly too. I mean, you can, it, even just sending the text is a random mm -hmm. show up in the middle of their week. Sending a birthday card is a random show up in the middle of the week. And so there are other ways that you can, that aren't really that taxing on your life if you are really busy. You could buy 12 birthday cards at the beginning of the year, Yep. write out the birthday wish, address <laughs> them, get idea. them ready to go, yeah, put it in your great. calendar when you need to send them out and just pop it in the mail. That could take like great an hour yeah. at the beginning of the year and you could have something for the That's rest of the awesome year. That's an awesome idea. I like that idea a just lot. Thought just right thought of it right now. Good that. job, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> and we were all teenagers once and it's we know there's just such a huge benefit to having other adults in teenagers' lives that aren't their teachers or their parents that aren't really figures of authority, but just adults who are wise, who are faithful, who care for them and about them and are invested in their life. And I think if we're all lucky enough to have experienced that in our lives, that's what we're trying to do here by leading small and creating those environments for them. But I want to know what are some ways that people have shown up for you guys in your lives, whether as teens or even now as adults? Well, I had a great small group leader. You know, it's funny because we, in our first podcast, um, we're talking about this woman named Debbie, who's such a great small group leader. Well, I had a small group leader whose name was Debbie as well. And she, uh, for the most part, just showed up every week um, when I was in ninth grade. But then I had an ongoing relationship with her and I'm 33 now. I like to call this my Jesus year. 
because that's how old Jesus was when he died. Um, but or Larry I'm, Bird year, you yeah, know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. It's so this is what, 15, 17, 17 years later, 18 years later anyway. Um, and I'm still great friends with her and have kind of walked through all these different stages in her family's life. And she's helped me um, in different points in college and even beyond that. Um, just continuing to walk through life together and we have dinners and different things now. I mean, we just kind of stay in touch, but that was like next level for me, even beyond her being my small group leader. Um, that relationship continued. Mm, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. I, um, actually didn't have a lot of adults in my life. I had great parents, but I did not have adults in my life that cared about what I was doing. I didn't have a youth program, um, and so that's one of the reasons that I do this work is because I didn't have someone like that and I wish I had. Um, and so, but the one person I remember is, um, my history teacher in high school and I didn't like history. I was a junior in high school and after the musical, there was like a, there was a musical at school and I saw the musical and I thought like, wouldn't that be so fun to be a part of? And I was talking about it in history class and my history class had five people in it. And so he overheard me talking about it and he set up a time that I could audition for the chorus with the chorus teacher, like unbeknownst to me, he set this up and had me go see her during history class and sing for her so that I could audition to be in the chorus and to be in the next production. And it was really one of the most thoughtful ways that an adult showed up for me, for sure. That is awesome. I know. That's Allie's so going to cry. I know. I am. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? That is so awesome. Mr. Nixon. He also used to do impersonations. Like he would <laughs> pretend he was in the ditch and then he would pretend he was a president and then he would pretend he was like a soldier. He was an awesome teacher. He sounds really cool. I wish I had him. <laughs> he made history fun for one year for me. <laughs> I and you remember him. Look at all these years later. You remember his name still. That. Lonnie Nixon. Oh, so sweet. So sweet. I moved to Maryland when I was eight years old. And one of the first people, families I met, my family met, ended up being my best friend still to this day, however, almost 20 years later. And I... um her family has really always been there for me. They're the ones that have showed up. They just totally have taken me under their wing. Truly my whole family, they would take anybody under their wing out of all of us. But just I've crashed birthdays and holidays and family reunions and anything you could think of in that I've just been totally a part of their family. And it really hit me when recently um, I moved a little bit farther away from where I grew up, where they live and all my friends lived and stuff. And then my parents moved away. So I was a little bit alone for a little while there. And I had my own room at their house. They would cook me dinner. I would go over all the time and they just really made me a part of their family. And they are totally the people who show up for me. I mean, they would be there for anything. I could call them middle of the night and they would be there. So lucky to have. They would do that for any of us sitting here. Good people, good people they would, but. Such an impact, all of us, a couple adults in our life made on us. Okay, so that's the importance of leading small for sure. Lucky to have. And those are pretty big ways of showing up. But I think what we encourage a lot of our small group leaders to do, and this is kind of the Chick-fil-A principle of going the second mile, but to go the second mile, like Jesus tells us to do for someone, you have to go the first mile, which is all the little things as well. Cause you don't even get to that second mile of going to people's sporting events or, you know, 
Right. Well, like it's just awkward if you day. go and you don't know the person yet. <laughs> right. So the first mile stuff is things like showing up every week and being prepared with looking over the small group questions, being on time. I mean, we try to make our program uh, have a purpose to them showing up that early so that they're not just like, ah, oh, it's a waste of time to show up that 15 minutes early. Right. And we're not perfect. I mean, not all of our leaders do that, but we continually encourage them show up, make sure that you're there for the huddle at the beginning. So you know, everything that's going on and it makes the time together that much more valuable. And this is a, a, just something to consider, you know, with the birthdays or you're sending birthday cards, or you know, that your students involved in an event, write it down, take notes about your students. Yeah. Even little things, new. like if mm-hmm. they're just taking a test mm-hmm. that week and they're nervous about it, then you can remember to ask them, how'd you do on your test? Yep. Yeah. Write down their prayer requests, all that sort of thing. Just keep a little notebook on them. Mm-hmm. And it sounds silly and they're probably going to scoff and say, oh, Miss Kelly, you're writing that stuff down again. <laughs> yep. You say, and yeah, I just say, I don't yeah. want to forget it. I value yeah. you and I want to be praying for you during the week. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact is that we can never compete with and the entertainment and the fun that they're all getting out there out with there their in friends, culture, yeah. yeah, on their social media and everything. And the games we play can be eh, sometimes. Mm, yeah. And our message, they, it can even just be okay, but small group, small group is where we can matter the most. We're offering something that they can't get out in culture, a safe place and a place where they truly belong, a place where they're known and accepted, a place where they're heard. Some don't even get that at home. No. And a lot don't get it at school and in their social groups. This is where we can win. This is where the church wins in small group, where those authentic relationships are created. And that all starts with showing up and being present. That's awesome. So what does a win look like? Have you guys seen some wins in action here with leaders showing up? Being present, showing up every week. Yeah. We had a retreat a couple of years ago and we don't always have the same groups uh, of teens on our retreat that we have during the year for our small group. But one of our leaders, Joe, had um, a young man in his group just for that retreat. And he told, Joe told all of the boys in his group, um, if you ever need anything, here's my phone number, I'm there for you. And he just showed up with them that weekend, but then consistently kind of kept in touch. And this young man hit a really tough point in his life. He um, had parents who were fighting a lot, um, fighting to the mm-hmm. point where it was scaring his younger sibling. And just this young man really felt alone and like he was having to be kind of the rock for his younger siblings. And and he called Joe. And it's such this tough point. And how do you counsel a young person through that? And I don't know exactly what Joe said, but I know that Joe was there for him and showed up when he most needed it. Um, and he wouldn't have been able to do that had he not, you know, just shown up and, and even given him his phone number that week. And I don't know, there's safe environment stuff. I don't know what your restrictions are for your church um, and your area, but um, just to be able to show up in different ways for teens, you don't know when they're going to need you. And so we show up every week. Yeah. And you don't for those have moments. to know what to say. You don't have to know how to counsel someone. Like I have learned um, cause I was, I mean, we want to solve, right. We want to give advice. I mean, we really want to give advice mm-hmm. when, when you're, when we're adults and I'm a mom. So like, I really want to give advice. 
And, um, and my, the girls in my small group will tell me when I'm being mom, you're such a mom. Like, yeah, well I am. Um, but what I've learned is they just need someone to listen. They just need to talk and they just need someone to listen. So even if you don't know how to counsel and you don't have any advice to give, you can just say, I'm so sorry. I'm here for you. And that's really what they need. Oh man, you guys are really trying to make me cry today. First, your history teacher, (laughs) that story about Joe. Oh, so awesome. Awesome stuff. Thanks for joining us today on Uprising. We love you guys so very much. Join us next time and we're going to dive into our next lead small principle, creating a safe space. 